Greetings Grapple fans, it's time once again for two different generations of professional wrestling fans to watch a match that normally comes from Japan, but not this time, because it's a match that Dave Meltzer rated five stars, and we've waited and waited and waited. And finally, over ten years since the first five-star match in the viewing, in the opinion of Mr. Meltzer, he deigned to give the full Monty five stars to a match in the WWE, or as it was known then, the WWF. And it is a match that I think you can make the case. Uh, we were saying that the first match on the list that we did, the Dynamite Kid against Tiger Mask, could be arguably the, uh, maybe the most influential wrestling match of all time. But I think this could be an even bigger one. It's Let Me Tell You Something. I'm your co-host, Lorcan Mullen, and with me as always is my co-host... Simon Cross. And Simon... What is the match that finally tipped Dave Meltzer off of his blatant WWE hatred, bias, lols? Um, I don't know what the accent you were going for there was. Uh, um, basically. <laughs> it is uh, Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 10 in a ladder match. The first televised WWE version of a ladder match. They'd had one test run with it. Uh, that was covered, I remember, in the WF magazine. I remember reading about it at the time, uh, where it was between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart when Bret Hart was the Intercontinental Champion. And that match did make an appearance on a VHS, I think, called Smack'em Whack'em, because I did have that video, and I had that match. But I don't know if Smack'em Whack'em's the one where it... It might have both, but I know that that one had... The reason I got it was it had Bret's win... uh, victory over Ric Flair for his first WWF championship. Um, But it was a gimmick that didn't just exist in Stampede, but it seemed like a gimmick. I think it was brought to Vince's attention because Brett had used it quite a lot in Stampede with Bad News Allen, Dynamite Kid, loads of other guys. Mm. And And you saw, um, I... Whilst I didn't have um, Smack and Whack'em, I, one of the DVDs I had back when it was DVDs for match collections, um, was the ladder match, um, Oh. disc that came out and that had a little bit of footage of the one of the stampede matches i think mm. there was it wasn't hung for, it wasn't hung from anything it was on like a scaffold the mm. prize and it was like ten thousand in like a in basically a swag bag mm. it was a very it was just a brown burlap sack full of money but yeah i mean you look at where we are now i think the ladder match is probably the most used gimmick match in one way or another now in the WWE and probably in the culture of wrestling. Even New Japan have had a couple of ladder matches. Um, And it's basically because this match started it off, really. Um, And it was also, you could argue, the first sign of Shawn Michaels' definitive ascent to becoming a main eventer. Because I remember Ric Flair claiming, and this will be an interesting starting point. First of all, may I ask, Simon, is this the first time you watched this match or had you watched it in that? I have. This is um, one of the few matches I've seen before because obviously WWE put that on their DVD collection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Ric Flair, I remember once said that Shawn Michaels basically had a match with a ladder sort of downplaying Razor Ramon 
aka Scott Hall's yeah. contributions to the match. Is that a valid statement, Simon? Not in the sense of downplaying um, Razor, no. But um, Sean's usage of the ladder would obviously have been quite innovative at that time. No one was doing anything like this before. So I can see why that conclusion was drawn. Mm. But I don't think it's an accurate, fully accurate conclusion. And it besmirches Razor a bit. Who does his part in this match quite well? It was interesting watching that, watching his entrance, watching his... I, God, Scott Hall has to be one of the best-looking wrestlers of that era, insofar as his whole look is fantastic. Mm. His name's a brilliant name, Razor Ramon. That is a fantastic wrestling name, which was given to him. I think he was supposed to be... There's something additional to Razor Ramon, to the name before they shortened it, to that kind of like how The Undertaker was originally Kane The Undertaker. Um, Razor Rocky Remote? No. It raises something, maybe Scotty Razor Remote or something like that. I don't know. But his hair slicked back, the stubble beard, he's got a fantastic physique without it being like absurdly proportioned. It's, it's weird to think in that. He's, um, he's tall, he's handsome, he's cool, he just oozes machismo, as he would say. It's kind of staggering that he never did get a run as a world champ. I think he's got to be one of the top guys when you think greatest wrestler to never hold the world title. Mm. Uh, are you recording, Sai? Si? Because I think sometimes my voice isn't getting caught, picked up, so... Uh, let me just... Yeah, the call note's on. I'm just going to make have a quick look at the timer. La la la. It doesn't seem to be acknowledging it on my one. Yeah, I'm oh. ten minutes into my recording. Mm, yeah, it's got it down as the microphone, but I, I, I'm not seeing any movement on the mic thing. So, oh, the actual my, bars. Yeah, yeah, the bars on my mic side of it on either. I'm getting okay. it off of your speakers, but we'll see. <coughs> you sound fine coming through. That okay, microphone. all right. So, um, yeah, I think he's got to be up there as one of the great wrestlers to never win an official world title. You know, with like um. You never have the WCW one. Though. No, never held. They the changed that so title. many times. I lose track. Yeah, well, I think he was just seen too much of a liability with his personal I suppose. God, um, WCW thought you to be too much of a liability you, towards the end. Yeah. That was, that's a yeah. hell of a statement. Yeah, and uh, but he was like one of the great intercontinental champions ever, and this is the classic... I, I, my, you know, my favourite wrestling belt design of all time is probably the Intercontinental title. And it's a little bit different now. I know they've gone back to that classic design, but it is slightly different to... The one that we see the two belts. It was mm. such a great situation that they kind of fell ass backwards into a great feud off of Shawn Michaels' genuine disciplinary mm. issues that he did get um, either suspended or fired briefly in 1993 for refusing to do a drugs test. And so because of that, they had to take the belt off of him. He was the champ at the time. And they gave it to Ramon, who'd recently turned face. And then when Shawn Michaels came back, he genuinely still did have the belt that he'd had So as champion. So he just claimed that he was still the undisputed champion. And it's well, essentially... He, lost a, it. L- yeah, he was a linear champion. Yeah, so it's essentially a unification match along the lines of the one that uh, John Cena and CM Punk had at uh, SummerSlam back in 2011, I think. Or the ones that you see in UFC so much. 
Yes, those sort of things. So yeah, it's kind of like Razor Ramon's sort of the interim Intercontinental Champion, but not in so many words. Yeah. And so the ladder match kind of worked perfectly as well because it. Nowadays, I get frustrated by how many, too many matches uh, forego champions' advantage. Um, this is one that does so, but does so kind of logically, so that we because can truly both have champions, a definitive, so... undisputed champion. Yeah, as both are champions, no one should have an advantage. Like, you know, yep. when everyone's super, no one will be, to quote and it, Yeah, and it is that perfect visual of two championship belts hanging in the air. So, you know, you get both. You've got to grab both of them. So yeah. the ladder match was just a natural fit. And also interesting as well is how sparingly the ladder match was used for the next few years. Shawn Michaels had that they had the rematch at SummerSlam 95. Hmm. Uh, Shawn Michaels, I think, had one with Gold Dust on an episode of Raw or something like that. Uh, Triple H and The Rock had one at SummerSlam '98 in Madison Square Garden they as did. well. That's also on that DVD, by the way. Mm. But after, and then there's a few bits and bobs in between. Uh, but really, the thing that kicks it off to the next step is the Edge and Christian against the Hardy Boys ladder match at No Mercy 1999, and those are four guys who are very clearly and visibly influenced by Shawn Michaels and the ladder match. And the notion that Shawn kind of gives in this of one-upsmanship and show-stealing. Because, you know, the Shawn Michaels of 93, the Intercontinental title run at the start, he's mostly feuding... You see him on Raw, he's wrestling guys like Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Crush and Tatanka and guys that he's not really able to get amazing matches out of and Shawn Michaels himself admits at the time he was quite ill-disciplined he was a lot more you know it wasn't fat but he definitely weighed a lot more than he he's clearly now he's sort of starting to turn a corner and he's slimming down and by the time we reach babyface 95 Shawn Michaels he's in you know he's like barely got any body fat on him whatsoever I mean this is sort of an in-between period he's not quite six-packed yet but he's yeah he's leaner than he was I mean, the most of my wrestling period was Sean um, post-back injury return. So, obviously, this is a very differently shaped Sean Michaels that I yes, saw in must, this match. He must be a good 30 pounds heavier or so at this point. And so, yeah. he's not able to do some of his more impressive high-flying moves later on. He's not doing any moonsaults. Like, the, the high spots that he uh, is doing in this match are your sort of splashes and drop kicks. He's not sailing all over the place do you think um, that's because i know he sean had had one before but assuming razor hadn't had he may have had a training session or they may have practiced i think they've had the some ladder. house shows in the build-up i think they've done it around in smaller house shows so i've seen photos of them having a ladder match in like quite a small arena yeah um, so I think they sort of have they dress have rehearsals, as it were. But they won't yeah. have obviously thrown themselves into it as much as they do in this match. Because one of the things that really comes across in this match that you don't get so much now, I think, in ladder matches is the sort of brutality behind it. Shawn Michaels does not, or, or Razor, they do not hold anything back when they're hitting their opponent with the ladder as a weapon. Yeah. Like, there's one, the one that always gets me is when Sean just throws it at Razor. Doesn't do control... that. It just, uh, no, yeah, he doesn't. It is a wild, like, throw for a start. 
And it's like a lawn dart. It's yeah. straight into him. And there's another one later on where, you know, Razor's getting his licks back in as well, where he gets him with, like, the, the top of the ladder steps in the face of Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And either Shawn Michaels timed it to perfection or he legitimately got a full face of ladder. <laughs> but again, Razor was not holding back on when he when he did it. Mm. But it was this, again, it was this match that was all about, like, you don't, you remember Shawn more than you remember Razor, even though Razor comes out the winner. And that was kind of Shawn's MO, really. Well, Shawn used the ladder more inventively than Razor did. Yeah, yeah. Again, a reason why I think Rick made the statement that he did. Yeah. And he just dared to do the more spectacular, dangerous things like he does the splat. But again, it's like it's weird. Like this is the early stage. So his one upsmanship and, and like jaw dropping spots look relatively tame now in comparison. Yeah. And some I think some would mark this down as a result that your Jeff Hardy's and your Rob Van Dam's and your um, Edges and Christian's. And all, all you know, all the other people that do all the money in the bank matches every other year, you have every to... year, they they they've pushed it further. Yeah. Um, for example, one of the spots that always gets shown, like when they do, is a good showcase of the immortals montage of WrestleMania. Is Shawn Michaels doing the splash on Razor Ramon? If you look at it, he's not even going off the top of the ladder. He's two rungs down when he yeah. jumps off. So it's kind of like the way I would describe it is if like. The ropes had a fourth rope. Yes. That would have been as high as he was. Yeah. You know? Whereas usually in the very same clips that you refer to, you do see Jeff dangling from the tit- like the uh, titles, getting speared into oblivion by Edge. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting because this is much more, whilst there are some spots in it, it's also about the thrill of the climb. Because hmm. every, and again, this is a sign of how the crowds have changed, I think. This was... Every time they started climbing the ladder, it seemed conceivable that a the winner could, end. could be had. And there aren't that many climbs in the match. I think they climb maybe a half dozen times altogether. I think that works in that the, the match's favour. Mm. One of the criticisms I personally have of ladder matches these days is they go to the climb too quickly... And there's too many instances where they climb. And that's why the audience don't yeah. buy it. Well, there's like three or four minutes worth of um, of wrestling before they get to the ladder. And they yeah. also have Diesel ejected from the match after he hits Ramon with a clothesline uh, to sort of explain him away and not have yeah. him be involved in it. But, um, now, but even now, that wouldn't be bought into because they emphasised the no DQ element of it so much. It would have to be that Razor would have had to have took Diesel out if they were having yeah. this match in the modern era. Yeah, and um, also when you get to, I think one of the big problems, especially with the um, with the with the Money in the Bank ones, is that you know when the briefcase is going to be won mm-hmm. because then they go for the latch. Yeah, and every other time they're grabbing at the ladder, but they're grabbing at the briefcase. But the briefcase isn't coming. The briefcase isn't coming down until you pull that unhook it, unhook that thing. Mm. And it's when that person does it. It's like what made the Jack Swagger win so awkward because he was taking ages to do it right. Yeah, 
But they have so, had... Um... So you knew, okay, well, he's got to win it because no one's stopping him all of a sudden. But it has happened the other way, though, where when John Cena won it, he wasn't supposed to win it at that point. He just hit yeah. the show so hard that the, the hook came undone. And he, that's why he looked so shocked. He's like, oh. He gave that really goofy facial yeah. expression. That's, that's genuine shock. He's like, ah. If he rolled with the punches, yeah. you know. Wow. Um, but yeah, Shawn Michaels, like I said, uh, it's interesting as well with the commentary, like Jerry Lawler's sort of in awe of Shawn Michaels throughout the whole match. At one point, he just goes, he is Superman. He <laughs> is. But it is that thrill of the chase and the climb and the sense that the match could end at any point and, and the cutoffs are very exciting as a result when Shawn yeah. climbs to the top rope and flies off to knock Razor off. And in a perfect moment, he falls to the ground, Razor falls to the ground, and the ladder actually falls and lands on Sean. Another interesting fact is that the, the ladder does bend at one point, and they did not have a backup ladder. No, uh, I remember because they put it back up, and like Jerry's talking about how they're not going to be able to use it, and he can't plant all four feet on it anymore. Mm. Like One of the legs is up in the air, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, and it's um, it's also interesting uh, when t- the the biggest bump I thought actually everyone talks about the splash and they talk about the the other one where Sean sort of rides down with the ladder hmm. and uses himself as so he lands in between. Yeah, the one that I always think is is basically he gets superplexed off the top of the ladder, and no one ever really I don't see that in any montages, but that seemed by far the biggest fall and the. I think that's the one where Razor falls straight after that and the ladder yeah. becomes slightly bent. It um, is, yeah. Yeah. But both people, both guys play it up, but I guess Razor's just not... A, his physicality, because he was a big dude. He was like six foot five. He's and wide he in this line. as well. Not, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He's broad. But he's lean as well in comparative terms. Yeah. You know, if, if this were 20 years ago, we would probably have another... 15 pounds not 20 years ago like like three or four years earlier when you know the the court cases hadn't happened you would probably need to have been at least 15 pounds heavier uh in muscle yeah so he's like he's not a high flyer so he has to work within the psychology and with his own character and kind of let sean do the acrobatics even if it does ultimately lead to him stealing the show um and it, you know, it's Sean who a year later is main eventing WrestleMania against their other click pal of uh, Diesel, and yeah. the year after that, winning the WWF title at uh, WrestleMania 12. I think no ladder match at WrestleMania 10, no Iron Man victory two years later at WrestleMania. Yeah, this is 12. very much his coming out party in a sense. Mm. I think one of the great lost matches really is that they didn't have the blow off. Um, uh, rubber match between the two because Shawn Michaels won the rematch SummerSlam yeah. 95. I just think like In Your House 7 he beats Diesel. In Your House 8 Razor Ramon is on that show I think or he's on In Your House 7 or, or whatever. I mean the curtain calls in June of 96. Mm. I feel like they should have had Razor turn heel on Shawn and have either In Your House uh, uh, 8 which would beware of dog uh, where, which famously was one where the lights went out. Oh, Either have yes. that or um, or uh, King of the Ring '96. Have that be a ladder match for the WWF Championship, and that be the third one between the three. Yeah, and Sean would have won the series two one at that point, and 
send Ray's, send Ray's Ramon packing to WCW just like he did to Diesel the month before at Good Friends Better Enemies. Yeah, um, would have given Sean a, a nice. I, I, I get the thinking behind that. But yeah, like I said, this is this is where the culture of stealing the show and the and the high spots festival became a, a thing. Although it didn't really become a, a big thing until those that Sean influenced were all in the in the promotion, you know, with the Hardys and, and Edge and Christian, and then after that, Chris Jericho and everyone that's followed since then. And now, mm. you guys that are the size of Razor Ramon and even bigger are taking part in these ladder matches, but it's six, seven, eight, nine, ten people even. The the uh, that means that they're having to share out the bumps and the and the stunts. Yeah. And so they might take a more spectacular bump than Sean or Razor does in this match, but they don't have to carry it. I don't have to do so much. They don't have to have a match. They're just part of a multi person stunt spectacle. Mm. But on the flip side, that one bump that they are taking is a lot gnarlier. Than yes. the stuff that we're seeing here. But you get where I'm coming from. I think this is more a physically punishing way to have to do it. That Sean does, you know, Razor does take a ladder to the back. And it's not like he then can lie on the outside for two minutes. No, yes, yeah. Regain his composure. Then a referee who's got an earpiece in his in, in can tell him that he's got to get up and get ready to do his next spots. But no one's being like, um, dri- like no one's swan tonning through a ladder. Yeah. Like, this was a match that was paced and structured and had a beginning, middle, and an end involving two people and Diesel as a brief supporting cameo. Um, And they don't really do that anymore. I'm trying to remember the last time there was a one-on-one ladder match. Did Kevin Owens have one with Dean Ambrose, or was that maybe? No, Kevin had a... Did Seth Rollins have one with Dean Ambrose? Or do they just... I think now they just reserve them for the money in the bank. I think uh, money in the bank. Um, The trouble is, there's there's money in the bank. There's TLC, Uh, so there will have been singles ones throughout um, history at TLC. I think CM Punk and Ryback had a uh, one. Think yes, that's right. Yes, they did. Although, do they do TLC anymore? When was the last TLC? T oh god, last TLC might have been a year or so ago. Oh okay, so it was. Yeah. There was the, 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 that is exactly the thing. It's so interchangeable now. Yeah, you couldn't necessarily name which WrestleMania Jack Swagger won the Money in the Bank ladder match. You couldn't name what year um, uh, Damian Sandow won his Money in the Bank ladder <laughs> match. You genuinely couldn't name the ladder match that was in the last TLC pay per view that was like a year or so ago. Yeah. Whereas you'll always say WrestleMania ten, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. And and the finish is such a brilliant feat of timing and precision timing of the yeah. of the climb and like I said, the thrill of the climb and that, that ticking clock of can Shawn Michaels escape his, his um, trap. Yeah, the, like yeah, the, can he get his foot untangled? And he sort of does a little bit early, but then he gets his arm tangled. Well, that's what's that's so brilliant. That's such a fantastic twist on it that then he can't, and the distance is just far enough that his arm can't reach, yeah. and that he knows to time it. And and all the razor does, he doesn't even try and unclip the belts. He just sort of relaxes his full weight, yeah, and takes Razor's biggest bump of the match. Probably he takes a flat back bump from. Almost the same height as Shawn Michaels did his um, splash, and um, and Shawn Michaels is just that millisecond short, and he collapses yeah. to the ground. Just like I in, think he like just scrapes there. against his like leg. I mean, yeah, he, he yeah. does touch him, but it's 
too little too late but that's such phenomenal timing how difficult it is to do that and that's just a testament of how good these guys and particularly sean was it was the sean michaels show but I hope that we've given Razor enough kudos for the bumps he had to take, for doing his being in the right place at the right time, being able to milk the crowd's responses with the climbs, and you know, being willing to have a ladder thrown at his back quite <laughs> recklessly, or having a, I don't a know if he well, I, I think that's. But this was the match that was about. I think if anything, if I was to describe a word for this match that defines it, is innovation. Yeah, and the need in the future to be innovative and one up. Things so things like the baseball slide, of the ladder into Ramon's oh. stomach, just little things that the crowd, especially this crowd, is new to this. They haven't seen a ladder match before unless they watched footage of the Brett Sean. There was a spot in this match that I know was, I think it was one of the last spots in the ladder match Brett had with Sean actually, uh, where Brett did it, but Sean does it this time, where Razor's climbing and Sean drop kicks the ladder. Yes. I always love that doing a wrestling move to, to the ladder. ladder. Oh, it, no, I, I do. I like it when, because um, you see them do it like shoulder tackles and stuff. But no, it's just quick thinking. It's it just, it looked. That wrestler's instinct. Yeah, exactly. It just looked like a wrestler's was, move. Yeah. Like I said, that that was something Brett Hart did before. So it's not something that Shawn Michaels innovated necessarily, but it's probably the first time a lot of people saw that. And so from there, you like you look at Jeff and Edge and Matt and, and, and Christian, and they're obviously looking at these matches and saying they did that. So what can we do that's better than that? They did that. What can we do that's bigger than that or more uh, creative than that? And then you get things like, and sometimes they work, and sometimes they're ones that sounded like a great idea in execution and doesn't quite happen. Uh, Like when Jeff Hardy tried to do like the tightrope walk across three ladders at (sighs) WrestleMania 17. If that had worked, that would have been a spot to remember. But even it not working kind of is good in itself. He got away with it enough. Because it was still thrilling in itself to see how could he survive, you know? Well, it's just whenever you watch Jeff and Aladdin, it's like, how is he going to survive? That's just Mm. sadly like the state of affairs. How he has not ended up in a wheelchair. I don't want to be horrible, but give it time. Yeah. I mean, I just mean in terms of like, you know. I know. But it's weird that the. You know, it's weird the most innocuous things, like the thing that took Shawn Michaels out for four years wasn't a ladder match. It was a backdrop onto a casket. Mm. Wow. It just slightly wrong. Yeah. You know, it's all those sort of crazy things. It's, you know, it's like how all those crazy spots that Rob Van Dam does or, or Neville does, and then what does it to them is the, they break their leg doing a baseball slide. Yeah, apparently a baseball slide seems quite dangerous. Maybe, yeah, yeah. For what, it does, for what it looks like. It looks like yeah. something I could like do a a version of but you know what i mean yeah so simon i think we've, this is a match i think we could have opened for discussion and we did try and get some other guests on uh didn't quite work out i did feel like this could have been one that you could speak about for an hour but just trying to focus on the match itself i think we've covered all the bases i had uh is there anything else you want to we saw some Shawn michaels bum action as well i know the ladies love that you could tell mm. Uh, what the demographic breakdown was at that point. Mm. Um, no, I don't really have anything to add. Uh, purely because... Oh, I forgot one of the spots that Razor did when he exposed the concrete and then got backdropped out onto it. Yes. That, 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 was, that was a nasty spot. That, I winced a fair bit at that, um, mm. to be quite honest. But no, because this is 
this is the match we've talked about so far in the series that's had the most exposure, like to the yeah. general public. Well, it's the first WWE match we're covering. Yeah. Uh, that's not in our debrief alternative five stars. Yeah, and we have already given one match on this card on this card a five star rating. Mm. That's a crazy thing, you know. It's many say the greatest match of all time in wrestling, and I wouldn't dispute someone who, especially someone who's like WWE centric. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's not even the best match on that show. <laughs> That's kind of where my tastes lie. Uh, mm. But Sight, would you give it five stars like you did Brett and Owen? Oh, this has been such a difficult one because I do, as we've talked about, and to your disagreement on some occasions, I try to not look at the historical context. I'm just trying to look at what I see. The trouble I've had with this is, A... I've seen what I've seen already, so I, it's a lot harder to get swept up in something a few a second times round. That's why I try and avoid watching um, what's in the list until we're talking about it. And we've referenced them so many times. What this, what this became in like less than seven, well, seven or eight years, um, the ladder match as a concept evolved so quickly and so innovatively it it's hard to look at this now and not hold it against that yardstick which is unfair Mm. which is vastly unfair i wouldn't give this five star um not for the reasons i've listed i've tried to take that out of it as much as i possibly can there may be some latent bias in there um but to go back to the reason i do give things five stars when we talked about Owen Brett, I got swept. I, I I felt the flow of the story, and I think because the ladder was so new, um, they innovated well with it. But it just falls down a little bit sometimes through no fault of their own. Like you know, they when um, Razor falls off the ladder as well. That's just someone who's just had, mm. who's doing something new who has poor balance. Um, but well, other he- times, I just think. I think it's a match that it tries to get the ladder involved into it because the ladder's the new thing, um, which sometimes leads to like awkward moments as they're like setting things up. It doesn't quite flow for that reason. It's a it's a little bit nitpicky, but do you see where I'm coming from? I do, and it's also another sign of what we value above the other thing. Um, but I'm just curious. Do you think it's because weirdly? Because it was so state-of-the-art in its time that it was, like, zeitgeisty, essentially. The, the zeitgeist then surpassed it. And it's like how, like, if you listen to early punk records or early metal records, they're loud and fast for the time, but then punk and metal just got louder and faster. And so it seems almost quaint in comparison. Whereas Brett Owen is just the fundamentals done to the very best degree. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, quite. I think you've pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Or like, or like a, a Ray Harryhausen film in the fifties or sixties. The special effects are so exciting for the time, but now they look dated. Whereas a film like Twelve Angry Men, which are just twelve blokes in a room together, that maybe still has as much emotional heft to it uh, than. Yeah, this was spectacle over story. 
Although I, I think they still told a good story. They did tell a good story. There was not an emotional brother versus brother angle to it. Yeah. I'm going to do my obligatory thing and say, and, and that I always seem to do when we're in this difficult situation and say, just because I've said it's not five star doesn't mean it's not bloody good. Um, it's just not quite what Brett and Owen was and not quite, in my view, the things I have given five star to were. Are there ladder matches subsequent to this that you think you would give five stars to? Without wanting to give away the farm, um, yes. We might cross that bridge in the winter time, I think, if my maths works out, or the very late autumn at this rate. But we'll see what we feel when we get to that. Um, I am going to give it five stars, and I think it's because maybe I do value historical context, and maybe I'm taking a slightly more... Uh, a slightly less personal, more detached. I feel like if I gave the Masawa Saru to match five stars for its, that it's essentially an excellent match, but with great historical importance. Mm. I feel like I have to do the same for this in that it's a great match with a lot of historical import, more historical importance yeah. than Brett Owen has by far. Because you'd given uh, the Saru to Masawa match five stars, I kind of had an inkling you would do the same for this i think i knew what your viewpoint was going in okay well that has been a a more civilized debate than maybe we've had in recent uh episodes maybe vinnie mac brings it out of us what can i say (laughs) maybe maybe uh but yeah it took 40 episodes to get to it but we won't have to wait that long though it's not the very next one before we get to another wf match but before then we have to go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's been a while since we've been there, actually. And it's one of the biggest events in smart wrestling fandom. It was like a, a, an entrance-level exam was to get your hands on this event, which was the 1994 Super J Cup. And it was the final as the great Sasuke faced off against Wild Pegasus, better known, for, whether for good or ill, as Chris Benoit. Um, we will try and navigate what talking about a Chris Benoit match in this kind of context is going to be. You'll have to wait and see. Ugh. I promise you we will at least talk about the match. Yes. But what else we might discuss and what proportions each one gets in the discussion, I'm not going to make any guarantees to you. But until then, Simon, if people want to get in touch with you and maybe slam a ladder in your face because of what you gave this match, a lack of five stars. How can they do that? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the num- me- number of members of the clique that were at ringside or in ring at the start of this match. We don't know that Earl Hebner wasn't an honorary member of the clique. I'm fairly certain. Although, maybe... Montreal! The- Montreal! <laughs> yeah, but this was before Montreal. <laughs> My name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for assembly required. N for nuts and bolts. That's my, if you put a gmail.com, at gmail.com at the end of it, sorry, that's my email address. Look up that name on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all the good stuff, you'll find it, and some of the bad stuff as well, probably, but I won't tell you about that. Um, But until our next episode, my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time. <laughs> <laughs>